The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsitnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies. This list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication, and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. I'm Rob. I think that's Zach over there somewhere. Hello. I saw Michaela Davis a little while ago, and she actually, what she did was she told the audience it was somebody's birthday. Somebody went up and told them they sung happy birthday to her. And I remember many years ago, Greg Townsend did that for me, and I could barely walk home because so many people wanted to buy me drinks. So the motto of that would be, if you want to have free drinks, have somebody sing happy birthday. Unless you were at a Gothic Toad show, because what I've heard was they would just kick your ass out. And yeah. speaking of that, Aren't we you? have Jeff and Dave. Can you uh, say is that true or not? It's absolutely true. 100%. It's like yeah. it's your birthday, you're not upstaging us with your birth. Well, Get that, out of here. Well, that's exactly it. You're trying you're trying you're taking away from the awesomeness. Trying the, to steal the, 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 the thunder. Right. It, yeah. it, it, Gothic Toad was never about you, it was about the toad. And you tried to insert your birthday into our celebration. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but we, we don't need to, your shit. We have to just say Antonio Brown. Oh, you give up. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking a little off mic, but my god and, you know, even when he quit the NFL, air quotes, I said to somebody, I said, as long as he has access to Twitter, the drama will never die. And it hasn't, because the English paper incident, the constant everything, the deposition meltdown, it's like, what the hell's coming next? He's done. He, who's, oh, no who's t- going to sign no, that guy? You know, I told he you, I told you a while ago, eventually this investigation into him is going to end. And then I'm thinking week 12, week 13, we're going to see the headline. Dallas Cowboys sign Antonio Brown for playoff run. Yes, no. no. You don't think? Uh, no. I, I, I think of the teams left, he's they're the only ones that would gamble. I, the Bengals. I, I, I would, I would, <laughs> could they afford him, though? I would bet against that, and the reason why I would bet against it is he's he's been on three teams. In one year. And all three teams, he's killed their locker room. Yeah. Well, you can't really say he did that in for New England. He, but given the chance, he would have. Well, no, you can't say you, that. You can't, mm. you can't really say it because he didn't do it. But he was on three teams, um, wasn't truthful about stuff going on. He's broken the law a few times, you know, in one recording somebody without their knowledge in California and then posting it all over the Internet. Um, and then – supposedly sending threatening text messages to somebody that's accusing him of something. I just I don't I don't see any team wanting that publicity nightmare. I, I just but don't. But actually, you know who will sign him? The XFL because they need the publicity because they're going to they're going to last even a shorter amount that, of time thought, than the uh, the AAF did. But I thought they had some rule that you can't be you can't have like uh, a criminal record or something 
um, to be in their league. I, I could have sworn mm-hmm. I read something about that. I think the XFL is kind of an interesting thing. I mean, you, their commissioner, I believe, is um, Oliver Luck. And yeah, you're right. It's yeah. it's kind of funny how his son Andrew just retired. Oh yeah. And I think that if they do make it through one year, and Andrew Luck sits out for a year, I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up in the XFL. And I, I will tell you that because. I was thinking about it when he just up and left and screwed Indianapolis. If he ever plays football in the NFL again, it won't be for Indianapolis. They never asked for his money back. No. For their money back. Which I'm kind of shocked by. How much did he make? Like, how much did he actually 50-something, wasn't it? 48, Some, 48 million. 48, I yeah. Uh, but they never asked for back. I just think, like, if he comes back, I think he comes back to New England. Or New England. I could see him going Colts to New keep, England when Brady playing. retires. No, Watch I, I, I don't know, man. A lot of people in Indianapolis are pissed. Well, maybe because uh, they understand. I think they, I think just the way it was but, handled. Yeah. I, I think they understand. I mean, the guy's been hurt every. I don't think he's ever had one healthy year, right. and the the team never really did enough to protect him. No, they but, they couldn't. But that's also, you know, that, that's like your GM. That's a GM issue. That's the ownership issue. Um, you know, every player wants to make the most money possible, and you're going to try to get the biggest contract, whatever. But I sit there, I sit back, and I look at like what what Brady does. Like, defer it. I don't need. Take to, pay I, cuts. I don't take yeah. take a pay cut just so he has guys around him that yeah, can he, protect him. But that's the thing. He realizes the team he's with. like he's ancient and he's immobile. He needs monsters to protect him. Otherwise, he's gonna look at what Buffalo did to him. Yeah, back in week three. They lost the game, but damn, Buffalo get, ran him ragged. They always do, though. And I mean, they, you can see it in his face. He gets rattled once. He is flustered for the entire game and gets. For angry. A lot of them with his line, he can be back there, blow a kiss to Giselle, look around, throw a pass. Yeah, because he's always, you know. But but the, but I, with him, he's always he's never the highest paid player. No. Never has been. He's the team first guy. He's the team for like he it, it everything falls off of him. On how that locker room runs, how that team runs, I, you need more people like that as opposed to but, hey, D- Dak Bres- Prescott's now going to be the highest paid quarterback. But I, if for he what? was, well, yeah, <laughs> but, like, I, what but did I, he do? But I do have to say, I'm surprised the great and powerful Belichick didn't conform Antonio Brown the way he conforms well, that's everybody the thing. else. He didn't, usually they bring guys in and they're productive, like Garrett Blunt. Like, but he was good for the Patriots nowhere else. Yeah, but well, then well, James Harrison. Well, the Patriots released him as soon as the second accusation came out. Yeah, he never had done. a chance. Yeah, they, yeah, re- yeah. They just, but there was no way that Belichick would have conformed him because everybody said, "Oh, you know, John Gruden's going to whip him into shape." No, he's not. He's going to he's going to cowtail to him like everybody, every other coach would have. Well, I go back to the Aaron Hernandez thing before they even oh, knew. Right. No, but before they even knew, they just got rid of him. This is before they even knew the stuff came out. There's like no. Wow, but you, you, I mean, you go back further, right? The guy was the guy had issues when he was at the University of Miami, Florida. I mean, or no, he was in Miami. No, Hernandez was Florida because he hung around with Tebow. <laughs> I thought I thought it was Miami. We could look it up. Oh, whatever it was, yeah. it was school in Florida, which um, which tells you all you need to know about what's coming. <laughs> Florida, up. but he had gun issues when he was in that school. Oh yeah, I mean everybody knew he was a talent, and but the Patriots took him, and Patriots knew his issues. Like Patriots will take guys who have issues, and they they do it. They've done it. They will continue to do it. They don't care. Um, 
I li- I was living in Massachusetts when Florida. That, that whole bullshit. All right, University of Florida, sorry. Does it matter? University uh, of Florida, Foxborough they're, they're, campus. They're both the same in my book. But, but I was in Massachusetts when that whole bullshit went down. And, yeah, they were right. Like, you're going to keep that guy around? Really? Dude, you're gone. Yeah. Like, you're definitely not making practice because you're sitting in jail. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ill state of teams right now. What's wrong with the Vols? Oh wait, no. There is a but but with with Hernandez. <laughs> he was there's a really good there. podcast. Yeah. Um Oh shit, I'll look it up. But there was a really good podcast done by a reporter on the Boston Globe, specifically around that. But like the days, what's wrong with the Vols this year? I, you know, I think the expectations were a little too high um going yeah. into the year. Looking for a win is kind of tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think no, they, the quarterback situation was worse than expected. I think uh, Pruitt and the coaching staff at the university led us to believe that uh, Jared Garantano was doing better than he was. And uh, I think yesterday's game, the kid Maurer who showed up, I wasn't able to watch the, a good chunk of the game, but uh, I thought he looks promising going forward as a true, I believe he's a true freshman. But did they not beat uh, Chattanooga? Uh, yeah, probably. Because that, that's I, their one win. Because on uh, Mayor Glenn Jacobs of Knox County posts on his weekly updates that he made a a uh, a friendly wager with the mayor of that county. And you mean the, Mayor Kane? Yeah, Mayor Kane. Right. right. Involving right. a case of moon pies <laughs> because they're made in Chattanooga. So. Not only did this other mayor send him a case of moon pies, like, they gave us a pallet of moon pies. Perfect. Perfect. And he said it was a half, almost a half, it was a 974 pounds of moon pies that he then, they went and distributed all throughout the schools in Knox County. Yeah, it's, um, <coughs> it's, I mean, I'm, obviously I love the University of Tennessee, but uh, it's, I'm not one of those people who's, lives and dies by i mean it doesn't ruin my week when they lose it, uh, i don't affect the outcome of any game as much as i would like to think i would well maybe your support would you know well i still more yeah. rabbit in your yeah support, if you would, would listen, if you would wear that I mean, bright orange man i, I mean I, just, I do wear bright orange on saturdays right. i fly university of tennessee flag outside my house on every saturday i when i watch a game in my house i, I have a university of tennessee football that i Almost throw at the television quite often these last. That's why you got to get the is the rug white and orange checkered. Uh, no, unfortunately not. Oh, it's usually go. stained with spilled beer and wine. And what would uh, be a good drink? Right, so what you're more like in the stands yellow. kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. with the spirit. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, what about the Steelers? <laughs> I um. Well, I'm just glad to, by the. Well, even though when we're recording this, it's the day of the first Steelers Ravens game. I'm glad it's not on TV. Because I don't want to have a heart attack. <laughs> well, Landry Jones is with the XFL now. Yeah, Landry Jones. He I of, think he was the first person He signed. was the first person yeah. the XFL signed was Landry Jones. But will this finally be the end of Tomlin? No. No, unfortunately. No, I mean, that's not how the Roonies work. But And I don't think it should be. Uh, if you, I mean, let's face it. You're He's a Jets court. fan. <laughs> well, I don't really follow the NFL that much. Oh, yeah, much, you know but, you don't follow it anymore. Well, if I was a Jets fan, I wouldn't either. <laughs> um, the, uh, I don't think it's fair to release a, a coach right now because his star quarterback went down. Look at the losses that they had during the offseason. I mean, you can't replace a, a Le'Veon Bell and A.B. 
I mean, it. You should. Well, be able it was to... easy to replace Le'Veon Bell because he didn't play last year. Right. My 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 issue is um, clearly he did a good job managing personalities. However, he let those personalities really negatively imp- influence mm-hmm. the locker room, which. The amount of talent that they had, they should have gone to the Super Bowl yeah. at least a few more times, um, and they haven't. I don't think the guy or his coaching staff can game plan to save their life. However, with Mason Rudolph now playing, the game plan against the Bengals I thought was spot on. Yeah. And open up the defense. Let the kid throw, though. How, They've got well, to let him well, go no, deep. No, no, hold on. <laughs> yeah, occasionally go deep. Yes, yeah, occasionally not, go deep. Not let's go deep every no, no. fucking series like Ben Roethlisberger. My, so the, I sit there and I watch it. I'm like, okay, if you would have called games like that when you had A.B., when you had Le'Veon, when you had... Ben Roethlisberger oh in there. God. Holy shit! Them. We would have. They would have crushed everybody. But you know, hey, it's Ben Roethlisberger. I, well, hold on. I'm starting myself on my fantasy league, and I'm going to need to throw this 70 yard bomb on first down. Okay, great. That's fine. You did it once. You don't have to do it every first down. But there, this, are, this can be a rough. It's let's let's be put it this way: a rebuild year. Thank God hockey started. <laughs> oh, God. See, that's... And now we're... Like, I don't team, think the Penguins are going to be... Well, and oh, now we're, yeah. and like, now we're in that weird, gonna... weird short time period where all four pro sports are going at yeah. once. Yeah. You can skip, well, baseball for you, no. Uh, I'm not a baseball fan. <laughs> but I was going to say, I think, unfortunately, I think the Penguins are going to suck this year. They're going to have a tough tough season. Yeah, they are. But, but hockey, honestly, hockey really doesn't start getting really, really interesting. Until end of February, March. I was going to say then March. It's, then it's like man. Usually after Christmas for me, yeah. I, I pick it up. But I, I did watch a little of the Saber game last night. They they look incredible. I think the Sabers are going to be good. I really do I think do too. I think yeah. I think it's about time. They they a young could, team. You could see it coming that you knew eventually they were yeah. about to. I, I think with them the window because they are young is they've got a short window because I think they're going to have a lot of big contracts come up Coming all up. around the same yeah. time. So they've got to do it in a year or so. Maybe two-year window. Yeah, that's yeah. what I figure. But I, the Steelers, I mean, I don't know. I go back and forth on giving up that first-round pick for Mika, 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 Mika Fitzpatrick. Mika, yeah, Fitzpatrick. I don't see that well, as that bad a move. Well, hold on, because I go, I go back and forth yeah. on this. Because there's part of me that says, yeah, it's going to be a pretty good pick, but then you're picking somebody that's unknown in the NFL when this guy Fitzpatrick, he's pretty freaking good. Yeah. So in essence, you just that's your first round pick. Yeah. yeah it's so like saying I'm, we I'm, want a defensive like, okay, back. We've needed a defensive. Yeah. We want back. a defensive back. Well, this guy's proven. Right. We yeah. we've needed a legit defensive back. So there's probably says yeah. All right. And he was good. one of the rarities that was himself a first round draft pick and has proved why he was right. a first round draft pick. Right. I remember when he came in, I remember the day before that trade happened. I'm talking to a friend of mine and she said, "Oh, Minka Fitzpatrick wants out of Miami. Who do you think's going to get him?" I was like, "I don't know." And then I see seven, eight teams vying for it and then I see traded to Pittsburgh Steelers like, "Holy shit." They're lucky they didn't try to sneak in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Instead. Yeah, that's what. It's like at least yeah. they sent the correct Fitzpatrick. But but you know I like 
I don't know, man. This is this season's just gonna be just gonna be one of those. It's seasons. gonna be a disaster. I mean, you have five turnovers, meaning you created five turnovers against the 49ers. Yeah. You took the ball away from the 49ers five <coughs> effing times. But and you lost the game. I will give Mason Rudolph credit that after that game he went to Cam Hayward and apologized. Saying you guys did all that work for me. I'm sorry I didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. So, you know what? At least he's showing some leadership. Yeah. Even though they had to ask him to calm down in the huddle. Because he was one of those rah, rah, rah guys and like, just stop that. And he did. Yeah, but well, he's, he showing some le- team, yeah. he's showing some leadership in his young age. So props to him for that. And at least he admitted, like, look. I messed up. We couldn't take advantage of the five turnovers you gifted us. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I hope they do well, but yeah. but then they're not. But then the that game against Actually, the Bengals. I just switching gears a little that bit. Was I was bring, I brought this up a little bit on Facebook a while ago. The days of Lakeshore Record Exchange. Oh, I love that place. And I remember still to this day. See how some weird things stick in your mind. You were waiting for Master of Puppets to come out. You went down there and you told them, "No, I want Slim Whitten." <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so the guy that ran that place, Ron Stein, no relationship to Ron Stein from Gotham. Though there were rumors that Ron no, actually owned the store. No relationship to, to Ron Stein in the leisure suit. No, no relation. Um, I never knew his name. I talked to him. But the guy, the guy was great. I mean, he, you know, he he owned this store and it catered to music that you really couldn't get anywhere else. And remember, this I mean, is back could, in you, the day when we couldn't just flick yeah, so anything you, you, on. You couldn't. Kidding. Yeah, it was the, you didn't have the internet. You couldn't find, you know, you just kind of, you read some article in some, like, Kerrang! or some magazine or, or somebody saw something or you saw an album cover that you thought was really cool. But if you were at any other record store, you know, you'd have to buy the album. He'd put it, he would put it on, play it. He'd, yeah, no, I really like this. I want to buy it. Or, and then because we would go there literally every Saturday. We'd come walking in. There'd be three of us, four of us, sometimes six of us. We'd come walking in, and he would go, okay, here's four albums you guys have to have. Like, these are new new stuff. You need to listen to this. I mean, that's how we heard about Metallica. That's how we heard about Megadeth. I mean, that's how we heard about all of these bands was from him. One of the ones is he knew, I think he knew King Diamond. Oh, he was really good friends Because he with told King me, Diamond. you're going to go see the King. He was telling me, because he, he gave me that album, and I was like, you got, he said, you know, you gonna go see the king when he's playing at the arcade. You know, that- he would stay like King Diamond would come to and stay at Ron's. Would stay at Ron's house. I mean, he loved. And then he ended up moving. Ron and Ron Stein sold the business. They actually moved. Then they moved Record Archive or Record Exchange to Monroe Avenue. I would still go there, and it turned into like um, more like New Wave. Yeah. Because um, I drove by. He, mo- he moved. Down to Dallas where King Diamond lives. Because I remember I, I drove by it and I said, this can't be the same place. This is the same store. Same store, but it, it they changed like who they were marketing yeah, to. Just catering to a different yeah. crowd. Well, and I guess I have to say, that what you were describing when you come in, it's like, you know, you guys have to have this. That It's not dead, but it's more of a rarity these days when you have such a relationship with a store owner that you come in and they know what you want. Right. I, I mean, when I tell you we were there every Saturday... It, you know, it might be, it might not be the same group, but you know, there's probably ten of us, the core group, yeah, and, the and core group. somebody within that ten was there, and he knew, 
Like, he'd be like, these are the four albums, and, like, one person would buy this, buy album one, another one, buy album two, album three. Well, and, the thing- and, and, you know, next thing you know, the the, the ten of us, we'd, we'd all be like, okay, I got this one, I got this. Man, it was so cool. And records were not 20 25 no. bucks at the no. time. Well, he and then know. also you think about the fact that he did that, like, he came in probably to open up on Saturday, knew you guys would be in, and over the course of the week or whatever, yeah, yeah, picked them out. For you guys, knowing that you would want them, the other thing on with Saturday, him too which is, is cool, he could find stuff, which oh, was amazing. Because yeah. and he would tell me like, oh, "This is a really hard to get one here," you know, and he, it would never be like a crazy price though. He'd have he'd have shit from Japan and Europe. And you All those get, weird European and right. Asian imports. Yeah. You know, we you'd, you'd go to House of Guitars because it was just an experience going to House of Guitars. Well, it take you all day to find something, right? But it would take you all. Well, it would take you all day to find something. You go and ask somebody, oh, yeah, hold on. Yeah, well, there you like, go. With like, Brad, like, there, he would know, know exactly where everything like, was. Like, how do you amazing. know this? where the stuff is? But they were so big. I mean, you were walking in, and they're going, hey, Jeff, hey, by the way, we got in the new T.T. Uh, Quick album, and you got you know, you need to you need to check this out. You're, gonna, you're really going to like it. He gave me it. TNT. It was the one that's like a Netherlands band. Yep. It's yeah. TNT, not TNT. Yep. <clears throat> but... I, Miss that place, man. Loudness, was, loudness. Yeah, that was because I went to see time. Loudness and Keel at the arcade. I did because him, because he gave me the yeah. You know, I got the album there. Yeah, he turned. I mean, the, there was that. There was that. There was oh my god, the ninety ninety point five. There was a radio show on ninety point five. I can't remember the name of it. Samino would know this, but it was at like midnight. It would start, and they would play. All metal, really like obscure stuff. We'd be listening to that. Like at midnight, we'd turn it on. Like we were out someplace, turn it on in the car, and the guy running. And by the way, the guy running it would get all his shit from Ron Stein at record at record exchange. Uh, Yeah, it was just it was cool, man. But that was that was kind of one of the things that was really really kind of unique about that time yeah I mean, remember metallica was not the metallica you know now this was like a cult band and they oh, recorded yeah. kill them all in rochester yeah but it was a band like it was ride the lightning and this was like you would hear about them from these magazines like diamond head yeah all this celtic yeah. frost merciful fate well that was the other thing like you, you know you'd get an merciful. album you'd, you'd buy an you'd buy an album and while it's playing you'd read like the liner notes and all this stuff, right? And you know, seeing if you knew anybody or, you, and it would say special thanks. And it would have bands. You're like, oh, I never heard of that band. So next time you went to the record store, you'd look for the band. And back then, it would be like, unless you were at record exchange where they could actually play it for you, you'd be like, if the album cover looked cool, yeah, you're buying it on spec, basically. right? <laughs> you bought it because the album cover looked. Cool. Oh yeah, that was I always did that. But that's actually the first place I ever. Was into Iron Maiden was actually House of Guitars because I saw an album, somehow it was there and I saw a picture disc. It was like, and that's why Iron Maiden was my band. Then. Best album yeah. covers, oh without oh, a God. doubt, without yeah. a I doubt. I got I actually got the picture disc where they do the version of Smoke on the Water and King of Twilight. Yeah, and that's when I got them. And then I actually got that's where I got like a Maiden like headband. <laughs> what, was, what was the first album you ever bought on your own? Oh, you don't want to know, do you? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Best of albums. The Grease soundtrack. Yeah, I wasn't far off, was I? Hey, you know what, though, man? It, it, back it, then, you... At Foreman's, at Foreman's. Mine, I, I'll never forget the... It was a... Mine was a double header Because I had saved enough money, I was able to buy two albums. It was um, Street Survivors by Skinner and Billy Joel's 
52nd Street. I think was Those new. are two really good albums. Yeah. You know the other and place? And I bought I, those at Sears. You know where I used to get my albums all the time? My mom, for some reason, Woolworth. had a thing about making tea. She would get distilled <laughs> water for I don't know why she would get distilled water for it. We would go to Gold Circle. And I would go, everybody had at the time the ELO album that was like two ninety nine because oh of, of the little spaceship in it. Yeah. So my first album, and I got a, 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 it was Sticks, was the first one that I bought on my own. And I want to say it was Renegade, but I don't know if that's the that's name not, of the uh, album. Pieces of Eight, Cornerstone, Paradise what? Theater. Oh, Renegade, the official theme What's song. What's the one the that's got like the, shit, the, fuck, I'm looking it up right now, man. Which I couldn't even spell renegade. Sticks region. That's not the name of an album. What about what about you, Zach? Honestly, I I said it might not be the uh, name of the album, but it was um, Sticks Equinox. No, I do have that though. When I was in when I was in high school, the first one I bought on my own, it was on CD though because it was in that period when vinyl was uh, Paranoid by Black Sabbath. That's a great album. You know where I got that at Sears? Yeah, I got mine at. Oh God! It wasn't an Fye. It was something. It was some local, like Fye type chain that's been long gone. But I remember we went there after school one day because the the strip mall that it was in was real close to the high school. And I I was like, and I'm looking at it. I was like, oh dude, Iron Man! I love that song, and that's why I bought it. The first CD I ever bought was Peter Gabriel's So. That's actually that's one a, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Sledgehammer. No, I remember his. Oh, first CD. I don't remember. Yeah, Red Rain. Although Sledgehammer is such a great song. Because he had so many. That's a great album. He yeah. had so many CDs. He didn't even name them at the beginning. Then he finally named it so. Yeah. But I can't remember the first CD I got. But no, that was the first CD. It might, it might have been Queens like Mind Crime. Mm. First CD. Yeah, I think it might have been Mind oh, Crime. Wow. But the the first vinyl I ever bought. It was off of the Kratz Man. It was the, and I only bought it, and this is what started it. Pieces of Eight. Sticks, Pieces of Eight. It was a the Bongzilla CD because it was a neon pink glow-in-the-dark <laughs> LP. <coughs> That's the only reason I bought it. I'm like, dude, it's a glow-in-the-dark record, and it's called Bongzilla. You talk about glow-in-the-dark records always brings me back to the dead milkman. In, oh, the, in the most politically man. incorrect song oh, ever. Oh, I know. Does it have Zoo in the title? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped at this. It is an awesome, awesome <laughs> album. I can't and remember. a funny song. It was this t- It's this tiny little record shop on Monroe, like way up by uh, like Goodman. I can't remember. I went in there and I was like, holy shit, they have the Crucifix. So I bought a couple <laughs> Crucifix albums from that guy. So some of this stuff you would just buy on a whim just because it's yeah. look cool, names sound cool. I, suicidal Tendencies. I did that with them. Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, I love that band. Yeah, they were unknown up here. Nobody. It was yeah. so long ago that I bought it. And the album cover, I bought it on the album cover. I can't like, even th- I'm still trying to think what first CD I bought. I, I don't know. I, I, I really I, don't I couldn't know. even answer that one. Did I think it was Operation Mindcrime for me, maybe. Right? But here's here's a good one for you. So, um, my my youngest goes to high school, he, you know, goes to school one day, comes comes home. He's like, yeah, Dad I had a conversation with the principal about Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, well, I wore the Iron Maiden T-shirt to school. And uh, so he wears the shirt to school, and the the principal goes. Are you just wearing the shirt, or do you know the band? 
so my son goes, well, I went to the concert and, and you know, in August I went to the concert and the principal goes, oh, I used to love that band. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my kids, so they started talking Iron Maiden. He, you know what's next, don't so, you? So, yeah, tie yeah. it all back to the last so, episode. So, so, so now he's telling, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, so, so now he's telling me, he goes, yeah, he was me and the principal, man. We're like tight. Like he always like comes in, he talks to Iron Maiden every time I see him now. Like, right, that's cool. But like, I don't know if we had anybody in our, like anybody who was a fan, who was a teacher or anything. I don't ever remember. I have no I idea. I think they were more squares as you would call them then. Were... The, 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 so we went to the show. I don't think I've been on since that show. No, I didn't. So we went, we went to the concert. I was I, there. I bought, <laughs> I bought, you know, both my boys. Um, my brother, my brother brought his youngest, who literally just turned ten. Um, and Sheldon was there, a couple other people. And we go, you know, we we drive there, we get there early. We're, okay, great. And we get in. I'm like, okay, you're getting a shirt. You're getting a shirt. So my ten year old nephew and my brother are up at the like the one of the merchandising booths. And this guy's got this old leather aviator's cap on, the goggles, right? He's right from England. He's got the accent. And he doesn't see my nephew because my brother's looking at some stuff, and he's going to get him a poster for for his wall, you know, for my nephew's wall. He's getting him, And all of a sudden, he sees my nephew. And he goes, is, is this your first Maiden show? And he's just, you know, my nephew's just, like, looking at him like, who's this guy with this weird accent, right? <laughs> And my brother goes, yeah, it's his first show. He goes, mate, you're going to love it. Everybody remembers their first Maiden show. You are going to, this is an experience you're never going to forget. My nephew slept through (laughs) just about the entire concert. I know. How could you sleep? I mean, just noise alone. So we had phenomenal seats. I mean, we were 20 yards from the stage. S- seats, unbelievable. Opening bands playing. My brother's like, dude, I got to get some earplugs for. He gets earplugs for my son, and his, he goes and get guest service and gets them. So they're standing or watching the show. You know, the maiden comes out. He watches the first one. Okay, he watches the first song. Watches the and he's like, okay, I'm not standing. He sits down and, and he goes to sit down. And right when he goes to sit down, this banner comes out, and they're going to do Trooper. And my my son goes to sit down. I go. You're gonna to want to stand for this, so so they both stand up, and that's when Eddie comes out. Okay, so now the show's really starting. To... So after that, my nephew gets in the chair and he gets in this little ball. Now he's got that, you know, the earplugs, and he just fucking falls asleep. <laughs> he slept from that moment forward, but from that moment on, my my son stood the entire and watched it, and he's like, "Oh my god, they were." Awesome. That show well, I saw Alice Cooper this summer, so I finally saw him. I went to that. I took my dad. <laughs> I've been wanting to see him for years. Well, have you seen him before? No, I always missed him. Okay, so didn't think he was that great. I actually thought he was terrible. Um, I had seen him late 80s, early 90s, thought he was great. But... I got to give the guy credit. He's like 72. Yeah. Right? I mean, so the yeah. fact that he's out there doing and he's it. He's probably playing golf before. Andy. Right. It, yeah, it, he like, came here. You know, he played. My, my he... father wanted to see him. Oh, I'm like, Dad, you re-? he goes, oh, yeah, because my dad knows him from the 70s. 
I go, he's not going to be playing this stuff you want. He's not going to play this stuff you want. He's oh, I want to see him. I want to see him. My father went, bought a concert T-shirt, the whole nine yards. My father liked Hailstorm way better than he liked uh, Alice yeah. Cooper. Well, I remember way my first better. main show was Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. Because yeah, my, my first big concert was actually... It was all of ours. I think my first big yeah. concert, as I say big, you know, and more memorial, was uh, Ozzy's Diary of a Man Mentor. That was my first show that I saw. Uh, like, I mean, I don't know. Well, which was the first concert you saw? If you want to include it, my uh, dad forced me to see... My neighbors... Yeah, yeah. Well, the my first, neighbors, my neighbors forced me to go, sort of, it was a thank you to see Up With People at Kodak. I don't even know. It's like a Christian band... Oh, okay. Uh, up with what? Up with people. Oh, uh, oh, people. Okay. I don't even know if I could like. I saw some at the festival. You your parents or yeah. first, first first concert you ever went to? I think Beatlemania. Mine was John Denver. That would actually be really cool. He was so good. I've seen him multiple. Well, I'd seen him multiple times before he had his tragic plane accident. But uh, it was very entertaining. He's a, he was very entertaining. He's phenomenal guitar player. Great songwriter. I saw him on the Muppets. Yeah. If you actually, that was about the time I saw him with my best friend's parents took me, and they also took us to see Billy Joel's Fifty Second Street tour, which I was right around. The well, same lately, time. like the last things you saw something the other night, didn't you? Like around here in anthology, Big Rock, um, and so Big Rock is a Canadian American Canadian band. Uh, they were four piece, or more like a three piece. They tour with four. Unbelievable show! This the, the the guy that's the singer guitar player, kind of the lead guy, Ian Thornberry. You listen to him live singing, and you'd swear to God it's Chris Cornell singing. I, I mean, and they crushed it. I would highly, highly, highly recommend going to see this band. They, I mean, Mike Shalom's been on their bandwagon. Since the first time he saw him, the last time they were at Anthology, he because his so his brother owns the place, and he'll show up and you know who's this band watching? And he was blown away. So then they were coming back. He's Jeff, you got to go. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go. You know, I listened to a couple things on YouTube and stuff like that, so I kind of knew some of their stuff. But live, I mean, there are bands that they put out an album. Album's great. They play live. They suck live, right? Mm. And then there's the other way. There's ter they're terrible live. Then there's bands that put out an album. And then play it live, and it sounds like the album, right? And they're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. And then there are bands that just transcend the album. Like, live is a whole other experience than listening to listening to the album. Like the Grateful Dead. Yes. Yeah. The or, albums or usually fish. suck. Right, and, right. Yeah. Big Wreck is that. You, they are a live band. You have to see these My guys My friend live. Michaela Davis is actually doing now partly because she played with Bob Weir. Yeah, I've seen that. And she played with Bob Weir. Now she's doing a thing with her band Southern Star. Where once that's her music, then she's doing the Grateful Dead music. And she's having to show up here actually next month. It's actually, I'm going to see her in Syracuse. And the day before she's playing here, but they're doing a dead set. I told her any songs you could recommend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so there, it's it, you know, music. I mean, we tend to always talk about music when we're when we're on this podcast. But um, you know, I was talking. I forget who the hell I was talking to. I says, you know, everybody's complaining about streaming, and uh, you know, it's in, impacting the artists negatively. So I try to go to as many shows as possible because that's where they're going to make their money. I'll buy some merchandise and if I got some cash in my in my pocket. Or it's something. like when I went to Nick Lowe, I actually met the person later on, but I talked to her because she was the opening act. So, <laughs> but the th but the one thing that streaming has created, there are way more live shows now. 
Well, yeah, because I mean, now they, they, they realize that they got to make their money through right, live shows. Right. So you've got guys that would not normally tour that are out there. So there are so many opportunities <clears throat> to, for people to go out and just experience different genres. Um, it's just live music, man. Support it. it I, I'm going to see the Jayhawks in November. And I love the Jayhawks. I want to go to that. Go, I saw, I I would saw get, you. I would, I would say if you want to go, get a ticket because that's, you know, that venue's small. Yeah, and the thing is I Where haven't even gotten a ticket the yet. Town Ballroom. Town Ballroom. And, but I got, as soon as I saw that, I got tickets because I know that's very small. I'm going, so I'm going in November. So I've got two shows I'm going to see in November. One is in, <laughs> one's in Cleveland, King Diamond. <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, and then the other one's in Toronto, um, The Watchmen, which is a Canadian band that kind of broke up, and then they do some spot, there's some things here and there. Related like to that, so one thing I wanted to, to ask you, we don't talk about television much stuff, and one time you told me, <laughs> what was that show you really liked, Dal, that was on? There was some TV show you were saying you had to really watch. It was actually really funny. TV show. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah, you mentioned it to yeah, me. Yeah, and like, I can't remember yeah, the name like, of oh, it. Bauman said there's this really funny show, but I can't remember what the hell it was. Like, damn. It was Dude, like I a cable can't. show. Bauman can't remember it. I can't remember. Man, there's... Fuck, man, what? <laughs> Shows that are funny on TV. No, with some, it was like a <laughs> well, cable show you thought down. was really many. funny. Yeah. I... Dude, I'm, I'm sure something will hit me at some point. But... Yeah, you'll wake up at tonight. I, I, what I, time I, was it? I will say um, the Amazon one... Uh, oh shit! The comic book, um, the boys. The boys. Is it good? Fucking I, awesome! Is it? I, I haven't been, started it. It's yet. on my. Awesome. It's awesome. on my short list of things to watch. Watch it. I don't. So I don't have cable. Um, You're a smart man. So you stream stuff, but I don't binge watch. What I'll do is I'll pick a show and I'm like, okay, that's my Tuesday show, right? Well, that's the thing, you know. And I had this conversation with I, many people about the binge watching thing. You know, people. Bitched and complained that, you know, oh, well, we have to wait till next week. And now all of a sudden we have the capability to watch it all in two days. And then they bitch and moan. We go, oh, we have to wait a year? Well, yeah, it's, it's like so, eating a whole chocolate well, cake in yeah, one sitting. They have you to know, make the show. They, you know, they don't just shit it out. Some shows <laughs> seem like they shit it out, but they have to literally make the episodes. It could take a week to film an episode. But uh, so I, do, I don't. <coughs> I don't try to binge. I will, like here's a Monday show, here's a Tuesday show, right? There's the Good Omens on Amazon is pretty funny. Yeah, everybody like said that. that. Yeah, I, that was Neil one of those. Roman. It's on the list. The Neil I, I enjoyed that show. But the boys. Yeah, I binged that over a weekend. Yeah. Ooh, so fucking See, that's good. I think that show. Whatever we this was years ago. Anyway, this is probably a couple of years ago. But we talked about this. It was like about sports gam, something about gambling or something. Sports agents. First and ten. No, but it was just. Oh. I remember you said it was. But anyways, it's my biography. You know, whatever happened? To, <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Whatever happened to reading? Uh, we were going to ask that no, question. I, I was. You and I were talking in the in the parking lot. I said, "When did it become uncool to read?" I don't think it is. And, to well, be honest with you, I think no, more I people think, read than you know. People just on don't the talk whole, about but sometimes it. you hear people like, "Oh, reading! Who has time for that?" Like everybody, and and I still I will not go the ebook route. There's both. I, I do, do both. I do, I do both. both. I I can't. For me, like I know my we got my mom an e-reader, which is fine because when she was traveling a lot, she can't take all her books with her. Older so she people can't this. hold a book. Yeah. a lot of times because of arthritis. Right. Well, the other thing with those e-readers, you can make the font a lot bigger. Yeah. And, it makes it easier and you know, read. and that, but uh, I remember I people that. were 
making arguments with me about it. Like, dude, just leave me alone. You can have your ebook. I just don't want one. Yeah, no, no, okay. I'm going to convince. Okay, it's well, a personal choice. I mean, yeah. like, well, good luck. Like, look, there's pros and cons to both. He's I like, mean, well, look how easy it is to turn the page, and he swipes. Is like, swipe. Oh, I can lift a page with one finger too. Well, the, the I will say this: that when it comes to ebooks, the plus is that you don't end up with fifty thousand books in your house. No, that no that is very that is very true. Well, but, the other thing is if you travel, like for your mother, yeah. right, you can have five books with exactly. you. Exactly. So she does, and, and little, some of the books she reads are like the real big, thick biographies. Yeah. You know, you can't schlep like that Bible. around. Yeah. Yeah. No, she actually. Old Testament. But because for the sequel, that's a great no, book. The sequel's pretty good, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. No, because of I her, love the I Old actually. Testament. That's a great. That's a great read. Because of her, I actually check the Bible in every hotel room I go in. Because one time in Vegas, she was on the phone arguing something with religion. Went to the Bible, the Gideon Bible, opened it up to try to find a passage and found $300 in it. So every hotel room I'm in, see, I check the Bible. When the you good, pray, the good Lord pays. wanted her to gamble yeah. that day. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you found $300 in a Bible? She's like, yes, I did. So check the Bible in every hotel room. I would have gone right in. downstairs and put it on double zero. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> 300 bucks, I would have gone downstairs and go. Hey, I don't like my room. Can you change me to another room and see if I can find three? Exactly. <laughs> but no, I mean, so all right. What's the what's the well, last book you read or a book you're reading? Uh, Ole Anderson's autobiography, The Pro Wrestler. Right. I'm actually reading uh, In Harm's Way, the story about the USS Arizona. I'm reading Hellhounds on their on his trail. It's Robert a, Johnson. Oh no, it's no, it a, it's a story um, about. What happened after Martin Luther King was assassinated, and how they tracked down his assassin? Oh, I just just so started. Be it. My brother recommended it to me, and everybody he knows that read it said it's incredible. And I just started it yesterday. Super pumped! The story of Uber. Uh, it's, oh. it's really good. Actually, one of what? yours, Zach. I mean, this is a Christmas present. Your Carl Hazan. Oh, Carl Heisen, yeah. I got, yeah, I got you, I got you a book. Yeah, but is that all true pretty much about Florida? Oh, dude, his books. His, well, even the even the movies they make about his shit are good. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you another guy if you want to read some really fucked up shit. This guy's name is Tim Dorsey, and his first book is called Florida Roadkill. Oh, God. Oh, I, I got it because of you. And <laughs> usually, I'm writing that down right now. I swear to God. I've got every book this guy's ever written. He's that incredibly gifted, and the bad guy is actually the hero, and he's such a fucking nut, and he kills people in the most ingenious ways, but it's always for good. I mean, if it's for the greater good of the population, I highly recommend it. It's goofy. It's funny. It's irreverent. It's ever. It's like this. Yes. I, I was gonna what say, are you telling us, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what are you getting at here? I was going to say, going back to concerts for a minute, because we were doing some of those, what's like one of the worst concerts you've seen where you just go, what the fuck did I spend my money and time at for? Uh, I have two. I saw the Kinks where they walked off stage very early in a set, and Robert Cray, who I loved at the time. Worst concert ever. Worst concert ever. Wow. That's a statement right there, folks. No, the Kinks are hitting this because they can be fighting. So you're talking worst. Well, you thought it's worst soft concert just, or worst band scene line. Well, you could see. Well, the band could be really bad, but were they good in concert? Well, well no. Whatever the, you want, so you the reason I'm saying it is because I've seen shows where the band has an off night. Well, it's not the like you know. There's three bands on the bill, and overall, 
two of them were unbelievable, and one of them well, was fine. like, I mean, you right. know, we're not like strict in this. So thing. I saw um, Red Hot Chili Peppers were headlining. Not a fan. With uh, Smashing Pumpkins opening up, but the special guest opening up before any of them was Pearl Jam. Awesome. And they just, just, I'm like, two days before the show, released 10. This is like when they were just coming out. Pearl Jam, unbelievable. Phenomenal. Smashing Pumpkins, biggest waste of time I've, <laughs> I've ever experienced. Dude, I think they actually quit. Like, the band broke up on stage in front of me. <laughs> and, and it was, they were so bad, yelling at each other, screaming. Horrendous. You know, so there's part of it was like it was kind of like watching a train wreck, but they were just just terrible because they just didn't put anything into the show. Um, I would pro- I would probably go with that one. Yeah, yeah I have yeah. a couple. I have, and I can't put the bands on. I saw Crocus play twice. They opened up for. I know they never saw for, them play. They opened up for Def Leppard. They opened up for somebody else. Oh the, wait, did I see them? Open they opened up for Def Leppard on the one the Pyromania tour. Then I. And I think they opened opened for Triumph, I think. But what happened the first time, they were sort of on the rise. And I think they thought they were going to make it big. And they never really did. So when they came back, they just seemed like they didn't want to be there. They really, they just sort of... I just just read they're doing a documentary. They're filming it. Or they might have already filmed it in their pre-production. On Triumph. I, I think they're going back to old concert footage. Because I saw that too. Here's one for you. I saw, and I uh, in Lake Placid, I saw Triumph and Rush, on a as a doubleheader. Makes in sense. In 1986. Two bands. It was. Uh, I also saw Charlie Daniels in Alabama there together, which is also a great. You saw show. Rush, tri- Triumph and Rush in Lake Placid. Yeah, together. Wow. Another one of my bad ones was Ryan Adams because I told friends even I said this guy could be very weird. It doesn't tense. He played he played like three songs. Said, "Well, I haven't taken my meds in three days," and walked off stage. That's but then I right. saw him. I saw him in Cleveland, and he was fantastic. I actually saw Charlie Daniels at a fire hall. That would be awesome. He didn't come out until the sun went down because, as he put it, "I'm old and fat, and it's hot." God bless him. It, you it, know, and he. He can play. He kicked ass. He had a barbecue thing here, I think, at the Armory one time. They had, like, barbecue and Charlie Daniels. Which I was oh, man. I mean, if he ever come, if he comes around ever again, I'd go he see him He was there again. last summer. Was he? Yeah, he was still in the does, area. Still plays. He's, uh, like, in his 80s, I think. Interesting Twitter <laughs> follow, by the way, is Charlie Daniels. Oh, I got to follow that. Yeah, I'm trying, man, I've seen so many bands. But I, we, I know. We've it's seen it's tough to. And that's the thing. I haven't seen many, but I can't really think of any that were just horrendous. Like, just bad. Uh, a couple years back, we went to a show at the Blue Cross. Uh, the main, the headliner was A Perfect Circle, which was um, the guy yeah, the from, yeah, yeah. from Tool. Great, great fucking band. The opening band. I'd never heard of them before then or since then. Which is shit. It was a thing called Burning Brides. I know who they are. I just know. Who oh my are. god! Yeah. And the reason I know them, I'll go back to Jeff's point. I got their album because I like the cover. Oh, now here's one for you. I back. This would have to be eighty six, eighty seven ish when Jerry Garcia was first sick. They um, there was a band called Go Ahead, which was members of the Dead and Santana, and they played at the 
old country warehouse. And I remember it, nobody knew who they were. So the crowd was very slow getting there. And I remember going in to take a leak between, <laughs> and I ended up between Alex Lidgetwood, who was with Santana, and Brett Midland, who was a keyboardist for the dead. And I'm going, nobody in a million years would believe this. Here I am in, in some obviously big bar, but small in size compared to where those bands Well, he were saw Viggo Mortensen when he went to take a leak. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen was up at uh, St. Lawrence. Pretty sure. I think he said he was there for like alumni weekend because that's where he went to school. It's, but I bet you going to go to the bathroom and see Viggo Morgenstern. Oh, I no, saw, no, I, I saw your government mule the other week because they played at Borderland Fest with the Kayla. And actually, walking, I like the mule. Yeah, and actually walking to the bathroom at the field house at St. Lawrence, you walk past the picture yeah. of Kirk Douglas on the uh, Wall of Fame. But speaking of, since we're talking a little music here, what was your hangout like in terms of like going to clubs and stuff for music around here in the day? I know, Jeff, you used to hang out at the Bug Jar, didn't you, a lot in the 90s? I loved the Bug Jar when Bug Jar first came out. I loved it. And it was a fluke that we went there. Um, so I was a t- I'm still am the type of guy, like, dude, I refuse to stand in line. <laughs> I know anywhere, that. <laughs> and I'm not paying a cover charge. Like, wait, you want me to pay you so I can go into your place to pay you to drink? To drink. Yeah. Nope, not happening. But you are ways to get out standing in lines, like who you identify as. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we, we always had ways to get around that stuff. But one day, it was, it was me and uh, Papa. We went out, and um, we didn't know where we were going to go. Pretty much every Saturday, Friday, Saturday night, we had no idea. We'd just head out and just go someplace. And we were going down Monroe, and Bug Jar, I think, it like just opened. And we're like, dude, let's check that place out. So we went in, loved it. Right out of, like, from go. the Just the decor, the, the quack. The reason we found it the night it opened, I had friends I was meeting. They lived on, around, like, that semicircle by Woody's. Yeah. And it used to be, I guess the Bug Jar used to be Rosie's. Yep. And I remember we... So we stopped there. We're like, what are we going to do tonight? What are we going to do? Well, there's a new place that opens. So we walked down there. We went in there the first night. It's like, it goes in, dude, everything upside down in here. Yeah. So it was just cool. And it was quirky. It was yeah, different. And, and, yeah. And the, the best thing was the people there weren't pretentious. It, you know, it was, it, you could have somebody in, you know, just a ratty pair of jeans and a t shirt and somebody with like a shirt and tie. A, a shirt and tie. It was just like a really Remember cool Remember Buzzfest? No, they used to have bug fest at the Highland Bowl. The White Stripes played there one year before they were popular. I might have. Moved, they haven't done it. Moved out of town yeah, they might. That was like early, probably late nineties, early because a lot of bands played there. They had those for a while. Yeah, oh. but bug bug jar. But prior to bug jar, it used to be Backstreets. Backstreets is huge. Backstreets is huge. I actually <laughs> seen some. Real, like I saw Soundgarden there. You know who I saw there? Dread Zeppelin. I saw them. They were fun. Which was, if anybody doesn't know, this was... I saw Primus there. Led Zeppelin oh, awesome. done to reggae with a toward Elvis. Yep. It's to an Elvis beat. I, I saw w- some... Cre- I saw some... I've really, got their really, really where, I do, where was it? At Hamilton Street? Or that's the one thing I can't off remember Sio, where it was. Off Sio. Um, it's behind... Wasn't it behind the Boys and Girls Club? Because I remember like or when I would YMCA park, I would park down no, and I would it, walk. Um, you got that parking garage. I know a guy who used to own it. It, it was on a side street. Because I just I remember know, was, parking was, and walking. I used to go you, to had the, you had like the bar area, and then they had like yeah. the. It was yeah. almost like a the bar, the stage. Well, you yeah, you had the bar and the stage, but then to the right, you had you'd walk in. It was like they took a warehouse, yeah. and they had a bigger stage, and bigger kind of bigger bands would play play there. Hmm. But the best one that I saw, the the biggest band that I have seen, 
at a bar was Fish. I saw them at... And it was at Water Street. And I think there were 20 people there. No, there oh, was yeah. more than that. When I when I was there, there were like 20. So that, they, was, that was when... Well, I didn't... It was... And it had to be about 1992. Yeah, maybe about then. Because that was the year it switched over from the warehouse, the country warehouse. That was the last weekend of the country warehouse was Park, I think it was Park Ave Band, Fish. It might have been the week before they closed. And um, Max Creek were the three last big I remember Max there. Creek used to play here all the time, they, like everywhere. Yeah, they still pop up every now and again. They're fun to go see. They're a fun band. But I, I swear to God, there was like 20 people. There was like nobody It's like the there. Jayhawks when they played at Water Street in the 90s. Nobody was there. Yeah. It's just crazy. That I remember this... seeing REM at the, uh, was it Manette Hall? Back in, it was before I, it was before I was 16. Because I wasn't, I might have been 16. Because I didn't, I didn't have a car. I couldn't go on my neighbor. I made my neighbor take me. And it was right after uh, Murmur came out. So that would have been 80, 82, 83-ish. That was small. It was fun to go see. There used to be, I, I used to also hang out at Idols, which was on uh, Liberty, Liberty, Liberty Pol- Pole. Yeah, Liberty Pole Way. I, saw, I actually saw the original Red Hot Chili Peppers play there. The original. It's, with it's Hillel, really cool, Skull, though, like seeing some of these bands in the day, and then, wow, I saw them when they were just starting. And yeah. The fish I'd seen in Vermont. When so I was that's, in college. No, that's kind of, that's that's an original. <laughs> I, well, was, when I was in college, I had a neighbor who was from Burlington and recommended that we all go check them out. And we went over one night, um, better living through chemistry and enjoyed our weekend there. <laughs> Burlington's a fun eating fun all city. that uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, right? Yeah. yeah, I actually applied for a job at Ben and Jerry's when I was getting thrown out of college because <laughs> I had no plan. But yeah. we'd go to Vermont quite often because of this kid. We'd yeah. go hang out there. Uh, I think a lot I've of been times there once. It's really no it's plans nice out there. It works out sometimes. I, I like you know they're one of the three states that has constitutional carry. It's funny for you, as liberal as they are. Yeah, why Vermont? I mean, the other is Alaska, which makes sense because you can get mauled by a bear going to the grocery store. Well, it's amazing how things change because I think, I think the Vermont one. was the most Republican state. <laughs> well, the first time I voted Democrat was for Kennedy in 1960. So did they vote for around. him or did the dead people I, vote for well, him? Well, I don't think they did anything in that state. It's too small. <laughs> but if, you look, if you look at Kennedy and Kennedy's views, he's more Republican than Oh, Democrat. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. You know, sometimes we'll go on a thing about how the parties, about what the hell's happened to the parties and everything. And how yeah. people get elected and they stay in office for years. They never do anything, but they just get real. Maxine Waters. Oh, Strom Thurmond. <laughs> oh, man. And on that, I think on that note, I think oh, I may have broken Bauman referencing Strom Thurmond. The, he of the, you know, he was still in office up until 2001, a couple, a couple months before he died. Don't forget... He was at one point a Dixiecrat. And on that note. I was going to say, you guys ever want to try D&D? We have our specials. <laughs> you imagine. <laughs> no! And there it goes. Yeah, we, Game yeah we, over. we got into playing Dungeons and Dragons for this show. Well, I wouldn't say gotten into. Never never got into that. No. No. Well, well, it wasn't my cup of tea. 
I did it once. The second time I do it will be the next time we film it. <laughs> yeah. So next time we'll probably talk horribly what's wrong with the world and try to do it. <laughs> what's wrong with the world? And what stories have come up by then. <laughs> uh, dude, just, I mean, you don't even need to plan for this podcast. You oh, just no. wake up, quickly just scan the news, and, and go, okay, we're well, going to go. Thing, that, that was the topic I was thinking of. How people get elected and elected elected. They've never done anything ever. They don't do anything, but they're perpetually elected. <laughs> my, my, my issue is just people that – the whole idea about public office was go in, do your service, and get the fuck out and go work in a private sector. Yeah. Yeah. It was never meant to be a career. Right. No. And but yet, they're all fucking lifelong shitheads. Yeah. yeah. Back when I started in Congress, Hoover was president. You need to die. <laughs> Like literally, like, I, like if you're running against an incumbent who's been in office for, you know, let's say a decade, like your whole platform should be, you've had a decade and haven't yeah. fixed shit. I would say, Get look, fuck people out. who live around here, has it gotten better or worse with this person here? Have they done anything for yeah. you? Just because you know their name, let's try somebody no, else. Uh, Louis Slaughter, oh. lovely woman, but it's a perfect example of yeah. that. Just winning because, you know. She's there because already. of the machine. I know how it works. It's not working. That's the point. Yeah. Like it's not like get some new blood in there and fix the shit. Like quit the bitching and moaning and quit the the you know, well we can't let this party have a win and we can't let have that party have a win. So we're gonna obstruct what they want to do and we're gonna obstruct what they want. Dude, just fix the shit. Get rid of all the nebulous stuff about this or that. Just fix it. You know, unicorns, whatever else, and just go to brick and mortar and let's just fix everything. I'm sick I'm just sick of hearing about the same problems over yeah. and over again. Like like really actually you, you guys I'll leave that on a note. One of my forever. friends who's seventy says he's not gonna talk about politics anymore. Democrat he's a Democrat. The Democrats suck, the Republicans suck. He's been around seventy years. He's seen it for decades. It's the same old shit. Yeah. So yeah, nothing exactly changes it. except the except the person in the in the painting. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. So so on that we'll see you. We'll wonder what we'll do next. Who knows? Oh God, who knows? Who knows? We'll if, have Rob or John down too, and we get have a Gothic Toad reunion. Reunion. The reunion. Album, of the reunion. The Christmas album. Yeah. Is there any hope? No. Christmas in the Swamp? No, so we don't want to go. Uh, look, I'll tell you a reason why we don't do a Christmas album. We don't want to be, we don't want to go get involved in that whole political. Oh, God, shit. yeah. You, know, you don't have to call like, it the holiday do, album. Right. You know, it can't be called Christmas. It's got to be a holiday album. Well, I still and then, God sp- forbid, we're not singing something about the holiday that you happen to like. I, I, well, yeah, I still, we I still play Spinal Tape's Christmas with the Devil every Christmas. Uh, mine is, actually, on that, mine is. Uh, what's the the Run DMC song? Christmas comes to Hollis. Or Christmas comes to Hollis. Hollis. My, mine used to that be one. White Christmas, but that's now racist, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> can't, can't poor Bing anymore. <laughs> uh, hold on. Oh, what you got to do is you got to beat the Little ring. drummer boy with, <laughs> with David Bowie and Bing Crosby <laughs> is unbelievable. And if they give you any lip, beat them with a sack of sweet Valencia oranges. <laughs> Won't leave a bruise. It'll let you know. Let them know who's boss. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Yeah. I've broken the internet. We'll have to. We'll have to have you for you the sure Christmas. You didn't go to we'll a Catholic school. No. Show. We'll have to have you for the Christmas show. We'll have you guys back as always when you can come. Yeah, on thanks, and guys. Else and that was fun. Any plugs? Any weirdos? And I have something to say. Actually, go Steelers. 
actually met, I went to see Nick Lone Low Street Jackets, and Esther Rose opened for them. And she's a singer out of Louisiana, and I got to talking with her. And she's pretty good, and she wanted us to play one of her songs, so I was going to play... Thank you. Uh, Lower Nine Valentine, then we'll get flagged for it probably. Like of course, because we, we always do, because YouTube. And she's really interesting, and she actually wants us to send us to her publicist. We didn't say anything too naughty, did we? <laughs> um, no. No, we really didn't. I'm fact. I'm, I'm thinking back. I don't think we said anything horrifying. Oh, <laughs> cool. Other, this episode, other, no. Other than, no. Other no, than me channeling Bing one. Crosby, telling him to beat, beat him with a sack of oranges. <laughs> <laughs> or what was the one about the... The Kathy, the Kathy Lee Gifford one, faster. Cody wants a pony. <laughs> oh God! And on that one, <laughs> sorry, Esther. Yeah, we'll hear from your attorney, no doubt. <laughs> Thanks a lot. See so, you. See ya. I know you got some girls at home. Please make them go away. Clear some room on top the shelf. I think I'm gonna stay. Won't you go and fix that lock? And won't you make an extra key? some curtains on the window and stay at home with me be mine be Oh, 